You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Tim Rice. Welcome to episode 27 of Get Onto My Cloud. In this episode of Get Onto My Cloud, I thought I'd return to my early days of songwriting, which means Andrew Lloyd Webber. We met in March 1965, and by the end of April, had written most of a new musical about Dr. Bernardo entitled The Likes of Us and one or two pop songs, as we were convinced we would be the next Peter and Gordon. Perhaps I should mention here that Peter Asher and the late Gordon Waller were a vocal duo who enjoyed considerable success in the mid-60s on both sides of the Atlantic. They were actually at school with Andrew, and in later years we all became very good friends. I saw Peter recently, just before lockdown, in Los Angeles, and he was in fine form. His career in the music business, post Peter and Gordon, as a record producer, artist manager, and record company executive, has been hugely successful. Gordon first came into my life on a personal level when I was working as assistant to the great record producer, Norrie Paramore. Gordon had a marvelous voice, but sad to say, none of the tracks he cut with Norrie were commercially successful, although one track in particular, the Jimmy Webb song Rosecrans Boulevard, deserved to be. Gordon had a Presley-like dramatic timbre to his voice, and he proved to be an excellent King Pharaoh in various productions of Joseph in the 70s. But I digress. Although writing musicals was still our number one ambition, we were enthusiastically writing one-off songs as well. Here is the first Lloyd Webber Rice song to be commercially recorded and let loose on an unsuspecting public. The singer is Ross Hanneman. Joint Evening Standard Girl of the Year 1967, and the song is called Down Through Summer. Evita fans may be familiar with certain sections of the melody.
Hanneman and Down Through Summer, the first ever Weber Rice song to be inflicted upon British record buyers, who unfortunately didn't buy it. We also wrote the B-side of the single, which was called I'll Give All My Love to South End. I don't feel I should detain you any further as far as that number is concerned. The recordings with Ross came about because I was a very junior worker at EMI Records, which I joined as a management trainee in 1966. Both Andrew, who was by then studying orchestration at the Guildhall School of Music, and I saw this as an opportunity to meet stars that would be desperate to record our songs. These proved rather hard to find, but Ross Hanneman gamely gave our stuff a go. We recorded a second single with her, which did no better than the first, after which she was snapped up both professionally and personally by Mark Wirtz, the creator of Excerpt from a Teenage Opera, a big hit in that summer of love. 1967, and we lost our entire artist recording roster, understandably, to a much more successful producer and writer. Laurie Paramore was at that time the most senior record producer, or A&R man as they were known back then, artists and repertoire, A&R man at EMI. But in late 1967, he decided to go out on his own and set up the Laurie Paramore organization to continue working with artists, both established and new, but under his own umbrella. He invited me to leave EMI with him as his personal assistant. This was a terrific break for me, and thus indirectly for the Weber Rice writing team. After all, Norrie was still in charge of records by such major acts as Cliff Richard, The Shadows, Frank Ifield, and Sasha Distel. Plus, he was on the lookout for new talent, which was largely my job to discover. Surely, now that I had such close contact with major recording artists, one of them would be keen to try our material. The first mega-hit that the Norrie Paramore organization produced was Congratulations by Cliff Richard for the Eurovision Song Contest. It went to number one in early 1968. Another number one for Norrie later that year was Lily the Pink by The Scaffold. 
a highly sophisticated and original comedy pop poetry trio consisting of Roger McGough, Paul McCartney's brother, Mike McGear, and John Gorman. I helped out in a minor way on some of the Lily the Pink sessions, and indeed sang on some of the choruses, but this did not advance our songwriting ambitions one iota. We had by this time accepted an invitation to write a piece for a school concert in Hammersmith, which we decided to base on the story of Joseph and his coat of many colours. But we did not see this immediately as a gateway to theatrical or pop success. Norrie had some continental stars on his books, including French heartthrob Sasha Distel, and he did record one of our songs in English, which was by no means the worst track on a singularly unsuccessful album. Then there was Rita Pavoni, a young Italian singer who, by the age of 20, had achieved considerable success beyond the boundaries of her home country, where she was a superstar. After witnessing at first hand the Eurovision success of Cliff in 1968, Andrew and I decided to submit a song for the 1969 Eurovision competition for which Lulu was representing the UK. The song we submitted was entitled Try It and See. It never got near the finals, so Lulu never recorded it. But thanks to Nori, Rita Pavoni did. Try it and see, won't you try it with me? You could be so good for me, I could give you energy. Your love is for free, won't you try it and see? I could be so good for you too. listeners to this podcast might have noticed a similarity melodically between Try It and See and King Herod's song in Jesus Christ Superstar. Indeed, it's the same tune. Eighteen months later, when we were working on Jesus Christ Superstar and needed a sinister but instantly catchy tune for Herod, we realised that Try It and See, musically, fitted the bill perfectly. Obviously not with those words. As a result, Norrie Paramore's publishing company gained a copyright interest in Superstar, and one or two early pressings of the album in America, wrongly and confusingly, implied the song was called Try It and See. I left Norrie Paramore in May 1969, simultaneously with regrets and with excitement. The school children's piece we'd written for Collicourt School had been recorded by Norrie's company, although we were allowed to produce the sessions, and although not a huge commercial success, 
had brought us to the attention of a management company, New Ventures, run by David Land and Sefton Myers. They made us an offer which in the end we could not refuse, initially 40 quid a week each, considerably more than I'd ever earned anywhere, and a lot more than Andrew's earnings to date, viz. nil. We would now be able to devote all our time to writing, knowing that we had a guarantee of three years' wages, even if we did nothing else but go to the pub. I was very reluctant to leave Norrie, who'd been very good to me, and was a vital part of my fledgling career. But in the end, I decided to throw in my lot with David and Sefton, and of course, with Andrew. And it turned out to be the right decision. The first major project we embarked upon was the album of Jesus Christ Superstar, which was the work that really got us going. First, with the Murrayhead single of the song Superstar in late 1969, and then with the double album in late 1970, exactly half a century before the recording of this podcast. I've already featured one or two tracks from Superstar in previous podcasts, which are all to this day easily available, but as with all recording projects, there were various outtakes and jokey late-night sessions that produced an occasional accidental gem, albeit not suitable for the project, or indeed for anything. One evening at Olympic Studios, where we recorded Superstar, Andrew produced a very pretty new tune for possible inclusion in whatever project we were working on at the time. I think it was at the fag end of a Superstar session, although Andrew thinks it dates from 1973, maybe from a session connected with the JCS movie, which was shot that year. Whenever we wrote a song, or indeed a show, together, the tune came first 90% of the time and would be presented to me initially with nonsense lyrics that fitted the melody to help me come up with suitable words that fitted the tune and thus complete the song. On this occasion, I happened to have a copy of Billboard magazine with me, which included a news item about a legal tiff between Paul McCartney and Robert Stigwood. Robert, among other things, being the producer of Jesus Christ Superstar, both of the show and of the movie, and therefore a friend of ours. I simply sang this news item, which seemed to fit the tune perfectly. I don't think the melody ever appeared anywhere in one of Andrew's shows, certainly not with my lyrics anyway. However, we did keep the demo, which was eventually issued on an Andrew Lloyd Webber compilation album in 2001. With a nod to the Ballad of John and Yoko, we called the item the Ballad of Robert and Peter, Peter being Peter Brown, who featured both in the lyrics of the Beatles, The Ballad of John and Yoko, and in the Billboard News item, as you will now hear. announced he will take all necessary steps to prevent the stage production of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band recently revealed by Robert Stigwood and show creators Tom O'Hogan and Robin Wagner Paul McCartney's initial statement denied any authorization of the package by him or John. Asserted that the rights to 
That was me late at night in the studio nearly half a century ago. I'm not quite sure who the gent at the end was who shouted his approval in fairly earthy terms. Not me, Gov. Over the years, we've had literally hundreds of cover versions of the songs from Superstar and quite a few of the entire work. One of the more interesting ones was by the actress and singer Sandra Bernhardt, who created a medley of Everything's All Right from Superstar with Manic Depression by Jimi Hendrix, calling her track Manic Superstar. The late guitar genius was almost certainly never aware of J.C. Superstar, as he died in September 1970, a few weeks before the album came out, but I think he would have approved of this intriguing combination of Weber, Rice and Hendrix, as unlikely a trio as they come.
Sandra Bernhardt sings Jimi Hendrix and us. Jimmy's bassist, Noel Redding, did wander once into a session of Superstar by mistake in late 1969, so maybe he mentioned it to his boss. Probably not, though. Finally, for this podcast anyway, the Weber Rice song that was recorded by The King. By 1974, we were fairly well established, with Superstar having done very well in almost every conceivable format. I'd got to know Elvis's music publisher, Freddie Beanstalk, well, and Freddie had on several occasions suggested that if we wrote something that he considered suitable for Elvis, he would make sure that the living legend heard it. We wrote a couple of songs. A ballad, It's Easy For You, and a rocker entitled Please Don't Let Lorraine Come Down. The latter was a Chuck Berry-type number about a lady called Lorraine of ill repute living on the floor above. It's Easy For You was aimed to appeal to Elvis as it dealt with marital problems. Freddie got our demos to Elvis, who finally got around to recording It's Easy For You, in his studio at Gracelands in 1976. The thought that Elvis must have spent at least 15 minutes studying our words and music is still hard to take in. Freddie thought Elvis might also have had a shot at Please Don't Let the Rain Come Down, but it's not yet surfaced, and as virtually everything Elvis ever sung, spoke, or grunted near a tape machine has been issued in the 40-plus years since his death, I feel sure that he never got around to our second effort. It's Easy For You was eventually issued as the final track on the last album issued in his lifetime, Moody Blue. Almost as soon as we were celebrating its release, we were mourning his death. Who better to close this brief survey of some ancient Andrew and Tim numbers than Elvis? You may not mind that it's over But I've a different point of view And even though I am shattered It's easy for you You don't have to face the music You don't have to face the crowd Just go back where you came from You ain't even proud I had a wife and I had children I threw them all away And now you tell me You dare to tell me I should go back to them What do you think I should say? thing I ever had to do My problems haven't started And it's easy for you I had a wife And I had children I threw them all
was episode 27 of Get Onto My Cloud, written and presented by me, Tim Rice, and produced by Peter Holtz. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.